welcome, welcome, welcome to Tilt. Happy Monday, everybody, or let's call it Manipulation Monday. I don't have the words for what I witnessed yesterday. I'm wondering, is this all a joke? Pressure bust pipes, but I still want all the smoke. It's your boy, OG, and if it's your first time joining us, Tilt stands for talking in lamest terms. Basically, I'm still in shock. My fandom has took a turn. Through it all, no one has the answers. That's why I'm here, because you must learn. Manipulation Monday. Everything is everything. Let's go. All right, everybody. Happy Monday. Going to start in on these quick hits. I'm just going to start by saying I'm not happy at all with this weekend's carrying zones and the, these, the Ravens game, the Chiefs game. Like I said, my fandom is in question, but I'm coming to you as a clear-headed analyst today. So let's jump right into it. First, starting with the NFL. Uh, Super Bowl 58 will be the Chiefs and the 49ers rematch from four years ago. Corporate America got what they wanted. We'll break it down a little bit later in the show. Surprisingly, Kellen Moore is now the Eagles OC. Our old, old Dallas Cowboy OC. And former San Diego uh, L.A. Charger O.C. is now on the staff with Nick Sirianni. And the hiring, the two hirings, you got Kellen Moore and then you got Vic Fangio, who they got from Miami. That lets you know Sirianni is not in charge and he probably won't be in Philly after next year if they have a bad showing. I'm just saying. The, Brian, the Browns hire Bills ex-O.C. Ken Dorsey. That's a good hire. Because Stepanski's on the way to getting fired. So, Ken Dorsey is a good fit for uh, DW4. They should mesh really well. And she should be able to use his talents like he should be. Somebody may have to be leaving Cleveland, but it won't be DW4. I'm just saying. Uh, the Bills make the interim OC Brady, make him permanent. So, he's going to be their OC going forward. Uh, the Patriots, they hired them, uh, Demarius Covington as their DC, hiring more in-house. And finally, in the NFL, the Bears hire Eric Washington as their new D.C. He also comes from the Bills. Oh, the Bills cleaning the house, but they didn't tell anybody. Uh, we going to NCAA football. Sharon Moore uh, is officially the new Michigan head coach. But the question is, for how long? With sanctions, other violations coming down the pipe, how long will he be there? Like I said, they like giving the brothers the jobs to be the cleanup men. And Sharon until the sanctions come out or don't come out, we'll see how long you stay there. I'm not trying to put a hex on the guy, but I'm a realist. It is what it is. Moving on. Iowa to hire ex-Western Michigan coach Tim Lester as their new OC. They need to add a little spice into that. Hey, Kirk Ferentz is, is hey, he fired his own son. So, hey, he about winning. Uh, finally, in NCAA football, LSU lands top 50 recruit. Cornerback Jabari Antoine, uh, I think he's number 23 in the, the official stat for stuff coming out in 2024. A lot of stuff going down uh, in Bayou land. Moving on to the NBA. This week we had Luka Doncic going for 73. We had MB going for 70. Carl Anthony Towns, Cat, we had him going for 62. And D-Book going for 62. I mean, all great feats and everybody's... All hyped up. Oh, did you see what he scored? I'll tell you what it really means later on in the show. Moving on. Nick's uh, Randall separates his shoulder. No new news, but uh, we'll get you up to speed as soon as we hear something. Uh, MB, MB was a scratch again 
in Denver when they play, went playing Jokic. I mean, what gives? I mean, you, you carved him up in uh, Philly. Give him a chance to get you back at home. Come on, what's what's with this cowardness? Like I said, I don't particularly like Embiid. Uh, he's fat and lazy. But, hey, that's just me. Moving on. The Clips, they blow up the Celtics. Now, like, granted, the Clippers are the hottest team in basketball right now, but Missoula, really not the guy, and it's going to come out in the wash. I'm just saying. Uh, our favorite NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, finalized his new extension. Uh, he should be the commissioner for the next uh, decade with his contract. We'll also talk about Mr. Silver and what he's done to this league later in the show. And finally, the Pistons beat the Thunder uh, Sunday night. It just This just goes to show you Monty Williams' system works. The Thunders are currently number one in the West. These guys got to buy in. I think, you know, not this year, but next year, they, they, they might get the memo. And Monty can do something down there. But I, I just had to shot them out because 28-game losing streak, they deserve, uh, uh, you know, encouragement any every chance they get. And I'm going to give it to them. That's all I'm saying. And, oh, lastly, I almost forgot. I almost forgot. Kevin Durant. Came the 10th player to score 28,000 points. Congratulations to the Reaper. I don't know how I was about to forget that, but that's my guy. Congratulations to him. Uh, moving on to the WNBA. Free agent Alana Smith. She's signing with the Minnesota Lynx after playing uh, with the Chicago Sky in the championship with them. She's now a uh, Lynx. Uh, moving on from that, uh, NCAA Women's Basketball. All Pac-12 guard uh, from Washington State, Charlize Legger Walker. She's out with a knee. And Notre Dame confirms that guard Olivia Miles won't play this season. I don't really know the story behind that. I got to do a little bit more digging. Moving on to Major League Baseball. The Tigers signed infield prospect Colt Keith to a six-year, $28.6 million deal. Congratulations to him, but he will start in the minors. The Royals reach a one-year deal with utility man Adam Freeze uh, for $4 million. And uh, the Rangers look for Matt Scherzer and Jake DeGrom to return mid-summer because catchers and pitchers will be reporting soon. Going to move over to golf. Nelly Corda beat Lydia Cole. Remember, Lydia Cole won last week uh, in the first, uh, first event for the LGPGA. Uh, but Nelly Corda beat Lydia Cole. Uh, Sunday and wins the women's drive-on championship for her ninth for her ninth title. And on the men's side, Matthew Pavon wins the Farmers Insurance Open, first Frenchman to win on the PGA Tour. Congratulations to him. In tennis, uh, Yannick Sinner, world number four, he wins the Australian Open uh, on his on his march to the finals. He took out number one Djokovic. First title for the world number four. Congratulations. And on the women's side, Erna Sabralinka wins her second straight Australian Open. She took out Coco Golf in the semis. That's enough for the quick hits. Now let's get to stuff we want to talk about. Chiefs versus the Ravens, 17-10 Ravens. Now, I'm not only upset about this because I'm from the DMV, but just the... the Lamar let the fans down, but we'll get to that later. Basically, the Chiefs, the Chief, the Chiefs gave them everything they had in the first half, and that was it. The, the Chiefs did not score in the second half, and that pe people, 
uh, wrapping their mind around how bad Lamar played. But you got to understand, the Chiefs did not score in the second half. The, the Ravens offensively, they, they pretty much wet the bed. They, they wet the bed. They couldn't overcome these mistakes. And they kept making them. The biggest mistake of the day was Lamar fighting his demons. He didn't want to be Action Jackson yesterday. And that, that's a problem. These pundits done got into his head. And he's trying to prove to them that he can, he can win games just like Patty Mahomes. You can throw the ball. Pundits use that as a deterrent because they don't want to see black quarterbacks. They don't want to see athletic quarterbacks. Yesterday, Action Jackson should have went for about 200. 200. Easy. But it was like he was hesitant. Like this new OC is like, don't run. Uh, trust your reads. Trust your reads. They're running team, running to pass. And then they only ran the ball six times. Six times. Man, Lamar didn't rely on his instincts yesterday. And like I said, he's usually the glitch in the matrix that you can't figure out. Yesterday, he was just an error message. And it's sad. I don't want to say Lamar dealt us down, but he did. And him, the press conference made me matter. Because he was like, yeah, I'm mad that we lost. No. No. I need to see more emotion than that, bro. I know you hurting inside, but you had to, you you had to explain yesterday, bro. You gotta have to explain why, why you came out there and went to bed like that. Cause I know you got that dog in you. I don't know what was up yesterday. The flowers fumble, then your interception, and then we not even gonna talk about these refs. The refs was ridiculous. The taunting call, I mean, yeah, but they didn't see the stuff Kelsey was doing. The fights he started, well, yeah. And that's not an excuse. I'm not going to run that out as an excuse or why they lost. They lost. They did not play to their strengths yesterday. They didn't play to their professionalism or their poise. The game was very winnable. 17 to 10. And like I said, Patty Mahomes, he does what he does. He simply finds a way. He just finds a way. I mean, I mean, he didn't play a masterpiece yesterday. I mean, it, they were limited. After halftime, he was, they were done. They were basically just trying to kill the clock. But the one thing I can say about Patty Mahomes that you can't say about most of these quarterbacks in the league, Patty Mahomes is not going to lose you a game. He's not going to lose you a game. Yeah, he makes mistakes. He's human and all of that. But with it on the line, it's not if they lose nine times out of ten, it's not gonna be his fault. That's all I'm saying. And the game plan was simple: get a lead, kill a clock, mission accomplished. Congratulations, hats off to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. If that wasn't bad enough, then let's go to the debacle that was Detroit versus the 49ers, 31, 34-49ers. The Lions were world beaters the first half. And then it came down to stand to true to who you are. Big Dan Campbell, Mr. Rah-Rah, he bowed out. He bowed out. He bowed out. And let me tell you how. They beat San Francisco up and down the field in the first half. Just before halftime, they're on a two-yard line. It's 10 seconds to go. The Dan Campbell that's been talking all season should have rolled the dice like they've been rolling up and Put the dagger in their hearts. But what did he do? 
Man, Rebel Dan, House Money Dan, what did he do? He kicked the field goal. He's the same guy that said before the game started, if it comes down to every time we kick a field goal, it's like we losing. So why the hell are you kicking a field goal? You got cushion. If you don't make it, you can say, that's what we do. But Dan didn't do it. And I, I seen, I said, that that's going to bite him in the ass. I just... That's going to bite them in the ass. Because the 49ers, they look shell-shocked. They look shell-shocked until they kicked that field goal. They were like, okay, we maybe we have a chance. Then Detroit's bad luck and their bad decisions just kicked in. It was They turned into the old Detroit Lions. The IU catch. Dude, should that should have been a pick six. Then the fumble. By Gibbs. Even though that guy was trying to break his arm the whole game, they must have had to beat for something. But if you watch that, the two times that guy, uh, Greenlaw, he, it's like he tried to break Gibbs' arm, but the fumble wasn't him trying to break his arm. He, he just gave it up. He gave it up. They played safe down the stretch. The Lions played not to lose and not to win. And they played not to win. They played to win all season except when it got tight. Those two fourth. Down calls. Now we can lay. I'm not putting any blame on golf. Golf did what he was supposed to do. Number eight, Wims. He would have never touched the field after he dropped the first fourth down and two. He got a chance at a second fourth down and two, and golf placed the ball better than he did on the first one. And he still dropped it. But in hindsight, those two fourth down calls were was Dan Campbell trying to get his credibility back. Because he know he, it scooted out the window. All of a sudden, he became a corporate guy when it was on the line. You talk a big game, but your credibility was shot when you didn't go for it on fourth and two. And it was further shot when you looked like an idiot and you made those two calls that you shouldn't have made. Yeah. Yeah, Dan. That rah-rah crap, it only goes so far. You got to be who you are. And at the end of it all, you weren't who you said you were. That's all I'm saying. No, that's all I'm saying. And I, I don't want to hear anything about Brock Purdy. That Brock Purdy BS, like I said, he threw that 51-yard bomb, should have been a pick, bounces off dude's helmet, and IU catches it. That was not in the playbook. The, the one-handed catch by Jennings, that wasn't in the playoff. Those, that was, they were supposed to punt both of those plays. But I'm going to give it. He made plays after Detroit self-destructed. Uh, he acquitted himself well. He he, he ran. He uh, like I can't say he he didn't. He put himself in a position to win the game, and that's all you can ask for him. He's a system guy. They can talk about how good he is or how good he's not. He's still Mister Relevant to me. That's all I'm saying. And like I said, I can't blame golf for this game at all. He did what he was supposed to do. He looked like a number one pick. He looked like somebody he had been there before. It's just too bad. His coach didn't have the same energy. Yeah, if you could tell, I'm a little pissed about that, but we're going to move on. We're going to move on. Uh, we're going to jump into this. I don't, like I said, the college football season is over. So we're going to, uh, we're not going to really uh, talk about There's some things that been, that's been on my mind about college football. We're going to clear it up right here for a little bit. First of all, the kids are getting paid now. The inmates run the asylum. So certain things got to be done. But 
these are my thoughts on some of the things they need to get rid of, like quick, fast, in a hurry. First of all, the COVID, COVID is over, whatever. Get these six and seven year players out of college. I mean, six years, five, I can understand six if it's medical. But come on, you got guys just the NIL deals. They know they're not going to be good pros. They're just hanging in college. Quarterbacks that should have been gone, they're staying because they want the NIL money. And I, I don't blame them. But after five years, that should be the cutoff. Come on. You're creating a log jam for the better players. You're messing up a lot of stuff on a pro level, too. So no more six, seven-year guys. And then as far as the money goes, they need to put a cap on it. Uh, just like in the pros, they need to put the cap on positions. Running backs, linebackers, linemen, all of that crap. Everybody can't be making the same money. Or I mean, a star linebacker, a star receiver, maybe they should make the same money. Or if you're just a guy on a team, all the money shouldn't be the same. I think that will cut down on a lot of misunderstandings. I think that will cut down on a lot of stuff. Hey, if this is what linemen make. This is what quarterbacks make, depending on the school. Also, if multiple trans, if you transfer multiple times, the first transfer can't be in conference. Say you play for Alabama and the SEC, you can't transfer to Mississippi State, uh, Mississippi State, the next year in conference. Now, if you want to get get off the team, get out of the conference. Now, if you transfer again, okay, maybe you can come back. But everybody has hurt feelings these days. Everybody. And most of these transfers don't need to be done. They just can't take tough coaching. And they, at the way it is now, they don't have to take it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And like I said, the inmates now run the asylum. So taking back control is going to be a task. It's going to be more than a task. The question is, now that they run the asylum, can it be done? Really, can it be done? And of course, last but not least, you know, the prime effect. I'm a prime supporter. Like, like we're going to have little uh, takes on prime all year. If you come for Coach Prime, you will be exposed. All the saboteurs, he got rid of most of them. Or like I said, all the guys that left for other jobs and what have you, they were fired. But Coach Prime just too nice a guy to let you know how much of a snake they were. So don't come for Coach Prime. And that means you two NCAA, we're waiting on you. He probably could write a book on the violations that you didn't catch when he was in college. So stop it. Anyway, moving on to the NBA. Whew. A lot of scoring going on and not a lot of defense being played. Of course, the NBA is going to sensationalize this because, you know, at Adam and Adam, Adam Silver's NBA is all about marketing, baby. It's all about marketing. It's not about how good the product is or isn't. It's about marketing, how much money you can make. But with Adam Silver as commissioner, basketball has suffered on all three levels. The pro level, the college level, the G League. Like, he's turned it into the Euro League. But we'll get into him later. But all this scoring, Luka went for 73 against Atlanta, Atlanta and he won. You know, that's Luka. That's what he does. Uh, Atlanta is still in the playoff picture. NB, when he went for his 70, the Spurs are the third worst team in the league. I mean, but they did get the win, but I'm not impressed. Cat 62 was against the Hornets, and they lost. And they also tied for the third worst team in the league. 
and then uh, D Book went for sixty two against uh, Indiana. They're sick. They're uh, sixth in the East. I mean, that that was a good game, but uh, except that he shot too much. But I'm just saying, all of this scoring and they they hyping it up like it was the best thing. Like D Book, you're not Kobe, guy. You're not Kobe. And they they trying to make all these guys who just scored all these amazing put up these amazing numbers. They're all probably going to be Hall of Famers. But like I'm saying, you got to look at the context in which they score it. If you if you get 100 points on the sorriest team, I mean, I'm not impressed. But today's NBA is just perception. They just look at the numbers and the stats, not realizing what goes into that. And I'm not belittling any of these guys because, yeah, it was a great accomplishment. But how did you do it? But today in today's NBA, that really doesn't mean a lot. Like I watched the Lakers versus the Warriors on Saturday night. And it went to double overtime. I'm a basketball period. So you're thinking, oh, it was a great game. It was a terrible game. First of all, it should have never went into overtime. And I thought everybody's calling for Darvin Ham's head. You might want to take a look at Steve Kerr. I told you Steve Kerr is not an X and O guy. He's not really a rah-rah guy. He's almost like a public speaker as a coach. But his X and O's suck. It, and, and Darvin Ham, I'm not letting him off the hook because, like I said, the Lakers should have ended that in regulation. They were up by five with a minute, 20 seconds left. And all they had to do was assault it away. Anthony Davis got hurt early in the game. But to his credit, finally, he showed some toughness and he came back. Minute 20 left. They're up by five. Why is he shooting threes instead of getting his ass in the box and closing the game out? That's where we at now. No basketball IQ. How smart is that? Coach said, oh, I want him to take at least six threes a game. For what? You're in ninth place in the West. You're probably not going to make the playoffs. I mean, if LeBron is going to fade going down the stretch. If you watch that game, him and Steph were going back and forth. Like, you know, Steph did his thing. Uh, I can't really bang on Steph because he's finally been the kind of leader. He, he should have been his whole career, but he haven't been. But now he's finding out how tough it is. But... I don't have anything bad to say about Steph. He really doesn't have any help. And Steve Kerr doesn't have a clue. And and Darvin Ham, from the look of things, the establishment have told him he's safe. So he's comfortable doing, running those lineups out there that don't make any sense. Any sense. And LeBron gets none of the blame because he gets his numbers. So the first thing they say is, it's not LeBron's fault. If you knew anything about basketball, he is the problem. If you want to rebuild this thing, you're going to have to get rid of him or have him take a lesser role. Neither one of those things are happening. So, Laker fan, I feel for you. Now, we're going to talk about the top six teams in each division because I'm only interested in the guys that really trying to win rings. We're going to start in the East with Boston. I mean, they got out everything than the game against the Clippers. It just showed how Missoula is not the guy. He's not the guy. And for some reason, they got Drew Holiday from the Bucks for a reason, but he loves starting Derek White. Derek White is a glue guy. He's a bench player, but Missoula is holding him up there like he's an all-star. He's good. I'm not going to say he, he, he doesn't get the guys involved. He gets them doing their thing. But when he's scoring more than Tatum, Brown, or Porzingis, no, buddy, no. Doing too much. And doing too much 
when you like he played James Harden, he's good. He's not good enough when it matters. Neither is Missoula. And Tatum Scott stopped being Casper the Ghost. He can't disappear. Somebody need to whisper that in his ear. That's all I'm saying. Number two, the Bucks. Fresh off of firing their coach. Uh, this coaching change is going to bite them in the ass. Because Doc old school. And Giannis getting up there acting like he had nothing to do with old boy getting, getting, getting shown the exit. And now he's getting painted as a prima donna. And now he's upset. Well, when you don't win the championship this year, guess how upset you're going to be. Doc's old school. He had Paul Pierce, KG, Ray Allen, Chris Paul. He had those guys. Your superstardom doesn't face him one bit. You better get ready to play some defense, Giannis. Moving on. 76ers, third place. They, they have the deepest team. The only problem is MB not a leader. He's not, he does not have the, the know-how to get them if even if they make the finals. Man, he doesn't have the intestinal fortitude to lead them the way they need to be led to win. It's crazy when second year player Tyrese Maxey comes in and he's you're the you're the star, but he's the leader. Make that make sense. Make that make sense. You're an MVP, but the second year player is the leader. No said. The Knicks in the fourth spot, all of Jalen Brunson love. I mean, he's not a number one. I like Jalen. His father was a pro player, so he had all advantages. He's not devoid of talent. He can play. He just knows how to play. But those close games, when you push him out of the paint, he's null and void. Stop it. They look good. They, they've been playing well since they got in the Anobi trade. But when it comes down to it, you got to play. You got to knuckle it up and get tough with Miami. Boston, it's not happening. Not saying it won't happen in the future, but they're going to need some more pieces because, like I said, Brunson is not a one that's going to take them through the East. Not unless there's a drastic fall off. And I'm not doubting a young man's talent. I'm just telling them how I see it. Then we have the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers are holding up the five spot. And I think they would be higher if they were healthy. You know, uh, they haven't been 100% healthy. Uh, Garland's been out. Uh, Allen's been out. I think that when they get 100% healthy, they really going to make a run at this thing. They're really going to make a run at it. But we'll see. They're still waiting for Mobley to come along. He, he's a double-double guy, but I need to see him 20 and 10, not 14 and 10. Come on. And finally, in the sixth spot, we got the Pacers. Uh, with the addition of Siakam, with Halliburton, they're going to be heard from. How much noise they're going to make, I don't know. Because, you know, the hype has been ramped up around Halliburton, and I like him. He's a nice point guard, pure point guard. He can score, and you know, that little funky shot he got. But he's not the best po young point guard in the East. And people get mad when I say that. But he gets no pub. The best young point guard in the East is Melo Ball. But... He's stuck in NBA purgatory in Charlotte, so he doesn't get the shine and plus the, the publicity from his dad. Give me LaMelo over Halliburton every day of the week and twice on Sunday. But 
Halliburton is good enough uh, to take the Pacers on a run. Like I said, how much noise they'll make, that's going to be the discussion. That's the top six in the East. Now let's go to the West. Currently holding the top spot is OKC. But they just lost to the last, the worst team in the NBA, the Pistons. The head might have got a little too big from, from them being in the top stop. But listen, the young gun, SGA, is for real. Starting the All-Star game over Steph, everybody's about to get the memo. He has arrived. SGA is that dude. And they are so young. Sam Presti is the best GM in the build in the business. If the Lakers were smart, they would have been trying to drag him out of OKC. And he's got a load of draft picks. Now, you know I'm a Kevin Durant guy. My dream is that he calls Katie on the phone. He calls the Suns on the phone. Gives them whatever they want as far as draft picks go. Brings KD home. But that's just a dream. But right now, the best GM in the business. He knows how to spot talent. That's why OKC is number one right now. Uh, number two right now is Minnesota. They had a bad week. <laughs> they need to refocus. Anthony Edwards, it's your time. It's time for you to step up. Cat's been taking the blows lately this week, and he, he he's, he's accepted the transition that you're the guy now. He's accepted that. When the vet takes that step back and say, hey, young fella, it's your time. That means you can't be inconsistent. They had that before. They had Zach Levine and uh, Wiggins there. You can't be like that. Same kind of talent. You got to be more consistent. You got to be more dominant. I still say if you want to be the face of the NBA one day, you got to get the hell out of Minnesota. But for right now, work with what you have and see what happens. But you got to step into the forefront. No more hiding in the shadows or hiding behind big brother calling him little brother when you actually little brother show us you the big brother do your thing young man do your thing clippers holding up the three spot hottest team in the nba but everybody's waiting for Kawhi to get injured or paul george to get injured or uh harden to turn back into mr selfish right now it's all systems go Will they come crashing back down to earth? Is a possibility. Uh, I think Tyloo's finally uh, got everybody playing into their role. You got Brody coming off the bench. You got Terrence Mann. I think he's got everybody comfortable with their what they're supposed to be doing. But the big thing is the injury bug. That's a part of pro sports. Kawhi and Paul George. Will they hold up? If they don't hold up, can James Harden bring? Bring it all home. Can him and Brody turn back the clock to the OKC days and, and make it happen? Something's got to give. Uh, if, they, if they stay healthy, they're definitely going to be in the mix. But we're going to have to see. The five spot. The Kings. Uh, the Kings have not hit their stride yet. They're still trying to figure some things out. They need a two guard and a small forward. Uh, Herder's not the guy. For some reason, he doesn't want to start Monk. Because he's too, a little too uh, hyper. He plays off script. Uh, and in that offense, it's better for you to play uh, on script. But him playing off script has helped him a lot. I would I would think, thought that he would be starting by this point. But he still got Herder in there. He needs to spark off the bench. So I get it. But they still need a small forward. Because uh, Harrison Barnes still can't hit the shot from the corner. So I got traded for the Golden State. 
But uh, I think they'll be okay. I think they're going to make a move at a trade deadline. Who they'll get, I don't know. Then you got the Suns at number six. Moved up three spots. Uh, they're finally getting uh, the the big three are playing together, but uh, some things are going on that I don't particularly like. It made uh, They made strides. Like I said, they've jumped three places. They're gelling as a team. But the big three is playing well together. But D-Book, D-Book need to get off the Kobe stuff. When you come down on a team with Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal and shoot the ball eight straight times, come on, bro. Come on, man. But they swear to God they don't need a point guard. And Frank, Frank Vogel is such a puppet. He wants to say, hey, Book, you got Kevin Durant on that wing. You got Bradley Beal on that wing. I mean, if you own one, okay, we get it. We're going to help you get it. But come on, man. Every night? Come on, book. Y'all not going anywhere. People don't want people saying Kevin Durant is going to have to step back and the team's going to have to be led by Devin Booker. Devin Booker is going to lead us right out of the second round. For them to get anywhere, they're going to have to fill a hole in the middle. Nurkic is is uh, turnover prone. He likes fouling out. Kevin Durant, is going. they're going to have to go through easy money sniper. I don't know how many times I got to say that. Uh, Kevin might have to go up to him and slap him and say, do you know who I am? Apparently he has to. Because straight, eight straight times without him touching the ball, that's not insane. That's straight disrespectful. That's all I'm saying. In a trade deadline, the players that are out there, just, just a short list, uh, you got Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, same team. You got D'Angelo Russell. Uh, things have quieted down a little bit because he's had a good week out in L.A. DeJounte Murray, they want him to be a Laker. Alex Caruso, Bruce Brown, Tobias Harris, Kyle Kuzma, Andre Ayton, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green, and Trey Jones. Uh, There's just a few names out there. Uh, so the trade deadline is going to be crazy. But that's all I have for the NBA. Moving on to men's college basketball. You know, I like to every week, it's like four of the top 10 teams lose. So I really don't know what's going on with that, but uh, they need to stop because college basketball is terrible right now. There's no other way to say it. So let's get to it. Saturday's games, uh, you had number seven, Kansas. They fall to number 23, Iowa State, 79-75. You had number eight, Auburn, fall to unranked Mississippi State, 64-58. Number 11, Oklahoma, falls to number 20, Texas Tech, 85-84. That's two losses in a row for Oklahoma. You had number 15, Baylor, falls to unranked TCU, 105-103, triple overtime. Number 16, Dayton, falls to the unranked Richmond Spiders, 69-64. God damn it, DMV, stand up. Moving on, number 24, Colorado State, falls to unranked Wyoming, 79-76, also in overtime. Then we had Sunday. We had number 19, Memphis, falls to unranked UAB, 97-88, second loss in a row. What's going on, Penny? What's happening? What's going on? Uh, and there are a couple of things before I get to the rankings because the, the current rankings are not the rank that the, the – the real rankings are not going to come out till later today. So uh, the current rankings are the same as last week. I'll still give them to you. But 
thinking about college basketball, some things I wanted to get off my chest. The US, I watched USC and UCLA play this weekend. Bronny James on the USC squad. And like I said, Bronny's a good kid and all of that, but he, Bronny doesn't have it. Bronny's averaging a whopping 5.8 points. He only had two points on Saturday, and they were free throws. It looks like he's rattled. Uh, and I don't like that for the young man. He, in the game, he blocked the guy's shot, and the guy got in his face. It just seemed like he was like, I don't know what they they were expecting. But Bronny's, he's a good role player. He doesn't have it. Not saying he can't get it, but I don't see it. When you go to D1, everybody in D1 is an athlete or close to it. Bronny had two points. The hype train is dead on the tracks. And LeBron, you not to stop saying he can come help us with the Lakers. He can't help USC. And he was the sixth man. He just got demoted to seven. Come on, man. Stop putting all this pressure on this kid. Hopefully he figures it out. And you can't give him accolades just because he's the king's kid. Because you know what? At some point, he's going to have to prove it. And so far, he hasn't proved anything. And then, I know I'm going to get bashed for this because I'm a North Carolina fan, but the Duke against Clemson game, Cameron Indoor Arena, they cheated Clemson to the point a player almost went after the ref. Now, being a Carolina fan, I understand this because, you know, we've had our share of tips and tats and uh, Cameron, but home court's a beautiful thing. But if you watch the last two minutes of that Duke and Clemson game, that was a travesty. That was a travesty. And like I said, my hate for Duke is, you know, well documented. But my apologies to Clemson because they played too hard and too well not to get that victory. But there's hope. Dr. Tar Heels rolling Saturday at 630. Yes, I hate Duke. And my Tar Heels are going to be there to get retribution. Okay, now back to the rankings. Uh, like I said, the new rankings will come out this evening, but if you didn't get them last week, number one, UConn, number two, Purdue, number three, U the Tar Heels, four, Houston, five, Tennessee, six, Kentucky, seven, Kansas, they lost, so they'll be out, and eight, Auburn, they also lost, so they won't be in, number nine, Arizona, number 10, Illinois. That's what we have for the uh, men. Moving on to the women's side. The women are, the top 10 doesn't lose as uh, as, as frequent as the, the men's, but we had some losses. We had two, three to be exact. Uh, on Friday, number three, Colorado falls to number 25, Oregon State, 68-62. Prime effect didn't work. Saturday, we had number eight, UConn, falls to number 15, Notre Dame. Paige Buckers couldn't bring them back. Then Sunday, we had number two, UCLA. They falls to unranked Washington State, 85-82. The Bruins injuries are catching up to them at the wrong time. Number 11, USC, falls to unranked Washington, 62-59. Come on, Juju. Number 16, Utah, falls to number 25, Oregon State, 91-66. Oregon State pushed their way to probably top 15. And number 20, UNC, Falls to unranked UVA, 81-66. I would say DMV standing up, but I'm a Carolina fan. Moving on. The women's uh, new final first 10 have been updated. So it goes, number one, South Carolina, the Death Star. Uh, you know, 
they coached by Don Staley, aka Vader. Number two, Kansas State. Like I said, the most underrated team. They finally getting some recognition there at number two. You got Iowa at number three. Iowa is not good enough to be number three. And like I said, this is a Big Ten schedule started. They've already lost one. So look for them to fall. Number four, Stanford. The Cardinal, Tara Vanderveer. She's got them playing well. Number five, North Carolina State. Like I said, the boogie women of women's college basketball. Uh, they've dropped the game in the last three, but they, they, they just, they've steadied the ship. So if you want to see hard playing defense, pressing, NC State's the team. Number six, Colorado. They got that loss, but they're still in the top ten, the prime effect. Still no Shalomi Sanders. Number seven, UCLA. They fall from number two. Like I said, the injuries are catching up. Number eight, Ohio State. After beating Iowa, they're in the top ten. Number nine, LSU. I guess they didn't move because they played the number one team in the country. But they're still stuck at number nine. And finally, number 10, Indiana. I call them the bomb squad because they like shooting three. They've shot their way into the top 10. Now, some stuff about the, the female game that uh been, been kind of bugging me. Like I said, I put uh, Caitlin Clark on blast. I put her on blast. Uh, last week for that incident with the fan. So, you know, I've been getting a lot of uh, feedback about that. Is, is she really a drama queen? I don't know, but she looked like one. Uh, Kaylin looks frustrated. She's climbing up the scoring list, but she looks, she looks frustrated, and she played the victim, and the Big Ten schedule is going to be a problem for them. They got Maryland and Penn State coming up. Stay tuned. Stay focused. Don't turn into a crybaby now. Then we got LSU. LSU playing at a high level with internal. They got internal problems. Everybody's not getting along. Jealousy is in the midst. Uh, Angel Reese is not really a Kim Mulkey player. See, Kim Mulkey was down here at Baylor. If she was picking players, she would not pick Angela Reese. Angela Reese picked her. So there's a lot of things going on with that. And like I said, when they dismissed the point guard early in the season, I said that was going to be a problem early in the season. Uh, Van Lift can't she can't hold it down on her own. And like I said, the early season, them dismissing her early in the season didn't help them. They need to reprioritize and get it together. And the women, South Carolina, put everybody on notice with the LSU game. They they let LSU that was a statement. She did not show the full Monty, and Kim Mulkey knows it. Be afraid. Be very afraid. All right, we're not going to really get into boxing anymore because right now boxing is a travesty. I don't want to talk about it until these guys actually fight each other. I, I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's just a whole sad thing. So no boxing today. And only shout out is, as a whole right now, the sports world sucks. As always, it's your boy OG, and I'm O-U-T.